Yes, people, it's episode two. Of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff. Obviously, how are you doing? Um, yeah, 200 milestone round of applause, clap, 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 clap for me for doing 200 episodes of this pod. Never missed a week, I don't think. Have I? Don't think I have. Um, so yeah, well done to me, and well done to you guys if you've actually listened to many episodes. If you listen to every episode, then wow appreciate it um but if you've even listened to one episode if this is the episode you're listening to then hi how you doing thanks all right um yeah episode 200 this, what what oh, has it been an eventful week i've actually taken notes this week things have actually piqued to my interest and i wrote them down so this will be a much more structured podcast and that's what we're going for today lockdown is almost done tier two Tier two, what did you lot get? What tier are you guys in? If you hear that noise in the background, that's the washing machine. I'm in my living room. Uh, there's no door between the living room and the kitchen. Not that we don't have a door in the sense of like there's meant to be a door. We can't afford one. We haven't fixed it. I mean, we've got an archway between the kitchen and the living room. Am I insecure about where I lived? I felt like I needed to explain that to you. Nah, I just didn't want you lot to have an image that there was just a hingeless door frame just there, you know, I, it's, that isn't what's happening, okay, that's that's not, you're not having these kind of shenanigans where I live, eh, um, but, what was I even saying, yeah, it's episode 200, um, yeah, so, you know, things have piqued my interest this week, um, and I said the tiers, I'm in tier two, where I am, tier two, just trying to understand those rules, trying to get your life as close to normal as possible, um, you know, with, with minimum fuss, but we're staying within the rules, you know, so trying to go out and meet my mates for dinner, or meet my mates, not for dinner, for lunch, um, you know, usually we were just sitting in a pub, can't do that, so what we've done, we're sitting in the restaurant, and that's a good thing, we're going to sit outside in the restaurant, because we're not actually from the same household you see you might have seen my little sketch i did where i was going to be breaking all the rules but no i'm playing within the rules uh, i'm in a tier two area traveling to another tier two area hanging out with t- friends who live in tier two areas traveling to tier two areas and we are going to socially distance while we're outside uh, that's how we're going to do our friendship in a covid19 compliant way that's how i like my friendships covid19 compliance that's the only way to do it right because you know you don't want the government coming up and slapping you with a fine yeah because that's what i've been seeing people getting slapped with fines why because they're getting their fucking legal advice from memes and chain messages okay there's this woman who's been fined 27 thousand pounds because she opened her hairdresser yeah open the hairdresser's in the middle of COVID-19, she just kept it open. Why did she keep it open? Because she quoted the flipping Magna Carta. She quoted the flipping Magna Carta, people. Who does this? Who the hell does this? Quoted the Magna Carta. Let me find the article that uh, that I saw this on. Because it's, it's just ridiculous behaviour. But I know how she got this. I know how she got this, because she got a chain message 
from someone, yeah? From her weed man, from her friend who doesn't go outside. One of those people, yeah? She got a flipping chain message from or a meme and they said, guess what? You're, you, you, you're common law, yeah? You don't have to listen to any of this shit, yeah? Fucking, it's a conspiracy. Just say, just say this line when the police come. Just say this line and then they can't do anything to you. And then when you're slapped to that £27,000 <laughs> and you're there going, um, but under common law and under this, this, this and that, they're like, um, no, that is not how the law works at all. Here's a little clue, right? When someone gives you legal advice, just ask them one question. One question. Here it is. You ready? You ready for it? Are you a lawyer? <laughs> that's, that's what you need to ask them. Are you a lawyer? I mean, granted, not everyone has a lawyer friend, but you may have a friend who works in law. Just someone. Maybe someone's auntie or uncle works in law. Just forward them that message and go, hey, mate. Could you just check with your aunt, your uncle, if this is utter bullshit? Just check, just, just check with them, yeah? And then see what they say. And they might just go, in simple terms, yes, utter bullshit. In longer terms, complete utter bullshit. Like, I, I don't know why you try to take on something as complex as law. Like, you know how much lawyers get paid? Why? Because the law isn't that easy to understand. So do not get your legal advice from flipping memes and then run forward and get yourself fucking dashed in jail. Listen to this. Salon owner facing £27,000 fine due to quoted Magna Carta to defy lockdown. A salon owner who refused to close during England's current lockdown has been given £27,000 fine. Sinead Quinn, who runs the Queen Blakely Hairdressers. Uh, was initially fined £1,000. There you go. She went wrong and strong. She's like, listen, yeah, because I read this one meme, yeah, that said I can stay open. So she initially fined £1,000 to stay open after November the 5th. She stayed open and further fines were issued. Why do I have to close? Why are you picking on me? Uh, she tried to use the Magna Carta as a defence of her decision to stay open. However, the law she cited, Clause 61, offering, you ready for this? 25 barons the right to lawfully dissent or rebel if they thought they were being governed unjustly. Okay, let's just break that down. Let's say this again. Clause 61 offering 25 barons the right to lawfully dissent or rebel if they thought they were being governed unjustly. Okay, right. Let's say this law is, law applies. Um, excuse me, excuse me, um, Sinead. Are you a baroness? No. Um, do you know 24 other barons or baronesses? No. So this law didn't even apply to you way back then. I'm not even a lawyer, but I could have told you that. And I could have saved you £27,000. But instead, you decided to go with that. But here's a here's another plot twist. Uh, well, that law was repealed and never incorporated into English law. Oh, that's a surprise. That's a surprise. Magna Carta, written in, I don't know when. I skipped that lesson in history. 16-something. I you know 1066. Hastings. I think it's from back then, isn't it? Magna Carta. It's, it's, it's old. It's like Doomsday Book and the Magna Carta. All that shit. It's like it's written on, on parchment in pig's blood and stuff. It's, it's, it's that kind of old shit. You know what I mean? Nowhere they've put way too much into the product they get out. 
Like they have to melt down 14 whales to make one pen. It's, it's that kind of time that the Magna Carta's from. Trust me, it, to be quoting that, you're nuts. Anyway, Kirkley's council ordered her to pay 4000 on Saturday. And the police issued another two £10,000 fines when she opened again on Monday and Tuesday. I love this. She's actually shouting in this video, does the Magna Carta mean nothing? Just like, no, it doesn't. Not now. Jesus Christ. Imagine someone just like having slaves in their back garden. You know what I mean? Let's go, what? What? I've got a right to have slaves. It's like, no, we've got, we've had subsequent laws since then. I'll give you a clue which law you might want to listen to when it comes to COVID-19, yeah? Or the coronavirus. Uh, maybe it's the Coronavirus Act of 2020. Um, give you a clue what that's about and when it came out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is is that act a good act? I don't know. Probably not. Probably, you know, they're going to shove a microchip up, up, up our bums and stuff. Who knows what's going to happen? But what I'm saying is the law is actually there. It's in place. It's in statute. Yeah, it got passed through all the houses and they all signed in and went, this is the law that's going to govern the land, the land that we live in. And we kind of have to abide by those laws. I think that's how it works, yeah? Um, I think that's how societies work, yeah? Can't be quoted old laws that have been kind of, you know, subsequently surpassed, superseded. That's the word I was looking for. Anyway, um... Quinn had previously shared videos of herself arguing with council officials and police on Instagram. And she would have got dickhead support as well. Gassing her up. There would have been one friend who's a lawyer there and say, um, hey, babes, don't do this. Please pay the fine. Apologise. Then maybe you don't have to pay the fine. Um, in one clip, she could be seen telling them that she didn't consent to the unlawful fines and cited common law in her defence. See, this is what I'm talking about, this fucking common law shit. You don't know what you're actually saying. It's so infuriating, but so hilarious at the same time, because it's not happening to anyone I know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll give you a little bit of my own legal knowledge, right? And you're citing common law. When statute law, right, so common law is just a law that's based on previous judgments and court cases that have happened in, in the country, yeah? So if uh, it's Darren versus, Darren versus Griffiths and the judge ruled that because Darren uh, punched this guy in the face, uh, Darren punched Griffiths in the face, uh, Darren has to go to prison for four years. That's what, that was the judgment, yeah? Now, there may not actually be any law saying that being punched in the face means you go to prison for four years. But under common law, because there was that judgment that happened in the past, the judge will look at this and go, well, based on other cases and based on the circumstance of this case, well, you know, it's quite similar to that. We'll give you four years. That's common law. Statute law is when they just create an actual body, like a legal document that says, this is the law and this is this and this is that. And, and you follow it. So the Road Traffic Act of 91, yeah? That's a statute. It breaks down what you need to do when your car's worthy to be on the road, when you could be taken off the road, when it's illegal for you to drive. All of that stuff is all detailed in there. So if you're in contravention of any of those laws, they just refer to that. And so if so they get stopped by the, by the police, they'll refer to the Road Traffic Act. Because they're referring to a specific law. Same as people knock on your door, in COVID times, they refer to the Coronavirus Act 2020. That's statute law. 
And when the two don't match, guess which one takes rank? Statute law, right? Because they've actually written that shit down. That supersedes it. So even coming in, having someone knock on your door, you say, I'm quoting common law. When they're knocking on your door saying, under this act, you're not actually saying anything that's helpful. Yeah? You mean, they've pulled out a gun and you've pulled out a water pistol. And they're going, this kind of trumps, my gun's bigger than your gun right now. Mixed into the fact that they're actually the police. And granted, the police don't all know the law. I'm not saying that. Um, but if you're there and your legal backing is a meme, something tells me you don't know the law either. And I'm backing the police in this situation. <laughs> uh, anyway, on Tuesday, Quinn shared a picture of a police car outside the salon captured it. This is what your tax paying money goes towards. Sitting outside my business while I'm lawfully earning a living. You're not. Um, in another video, she accused the police of stalking her. No, they're not. You, you, you're, you, you're in one place. And they're outside and you're not letting them in. You're lucky they don't just smash your door off. If you want to make this racial now, if this was a black person, they would have smashed your door off. I think they probably would have, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. But let's just talk about what actually happened here. Okay. I don't even think this is even a case of white privilege, anything like that. This is just a case of sheer stupidities. Yeah? So I know some people try to spin a racial angle on this, saying that if they're black, this would happen. We don't know. But if there's black or white, I'd hope they wouldn't be following memes for legal advice. All right, just, I mean, even a flipping duty solicitor's better than this, right? Anyway, Kirklees is currently among the most effective areas in England. Da, 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 da. <sighs> now it's just talking about infection rates and um, that's just kind of boring. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, so anyway, people, here's the thing. You, if you ever get taken to court, yeah, just, just do not draw for the Magna Carta, right? <laughs> Don't draw for that. Oh, dear. It's just such a chain mail, chain message, fucking defence. Anyway, so, yeah, seeing that kind of shit. I, I was, and, and this is quite like, it's, it's, it's infiltrating a lot of people's lives, these uh, chain messages about common law and all that stuff. I mean, I don't know. Well, I said no. I'm going to start talking to a random on, on the internet. Can't remember their name. Someone got a bloody uh, parking ticket. Yeah, a PCN. And this guy saying, you don't have to pay a PCN. Understand common law. And when I saw that, I was like, Darren, don't. Darren, don't. 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 Oh, no, I've already typed a press post. I replied. I was like, it depends what the P stands for and the PCN. Yeah, if it's a penalty charge notice, then that's from the council because you've parked on public land and you're in contravention of the Road Traffic Act 1991. Pay that because if you don't pay your council, yeah, money that they, that they say you owe them, you know, well, that can come under sometimes. It can come under tax evasion. <laughs> Never don't pay the, the council because the council are the government. So you should never not pay the government because they will kick you in the tits, the arse, the dick and the teeth. Yeah. Even if you don't have all of those parts of the body, they'll put them on you just to kick you in them. That's what they'll do. So always pay the government. You can argue it. But yeah, 
And this guy's got don't pay it. And I was, yeah. And I was like, if it's a parking charge notice, then it's between you and a private company. Right. But again, it's a contract law. And if you're in breach of contract, then they are entitled to seek damages. Right. So, for example, you park on a private land. Yeah. And it's uh, it's Darren's parking. And I've got a sign that says to park here, it's one pound an hour. And you go, all right, I'll pay that. I'm staying here for two hours. Here's two pounds. You stay there for four hours. Guess what? You're getting a bloody penalty, a parking charge notice from my company. Because you said you was going to stay there for two hours. Guess what you've done? You've stopped me from making money that parking space that parking space has been empty for someone who's willing to pay but no you filled it up that's the rationale behind it therefore you i'm seeking damages i'm seeking the damages of the lost income of the people that would have parked there and i'm seeking damages because i'm I'm having to chase you and i think you've made me psychologically damaged by parking there i don't know right but it's breach of contract and here's the thing the rules are slightly different you know you need clear signage all that you need to say which um Need to be registered as a part of a of some kind of parking organisation. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the Association of Park Car Parks and blah 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 blah. Right? So this guy's trying to tell me online, he goes, nah, you don't understand common law, blah, blah. You need to read about common law and you need to understand legalese. And I was like, I was like, uh, I mean, I do understand legalese. I'm not gonna tell you what job I do, um, but I did, I did tell him what job I did. <laughs> That's my day job. I just let him explain to me what I didn't know. He never once asked me what I did know. He just explained to me what I didn't know. And I was like, okay, I'll be interested for you to explain that. Then he sent me, guess what he did, people? Sent me a link to a YouTube video. And that's when you know you've won the argument. <laughs> that's when you know you've won the argument. And they send you a link to a YouTube video. When you ask them for an explanation, they send you a link to a YouTube video. Guess what? For once, this YouTube video wasn't three hours long. And guess what? It didn't look all bummy. So me, like an idiot, watched this 20-minute video, thinking this is going to tell me about these parking things. Yeah? Penalty charge notices, parking charge notices. Guess what the video is about? It was about some weird Korean guy who's developing technology about how to create templated contracts. And I was like, and and the software was called Legalese. So when he sent me that, I was like, I don't think this has anything to do with the argument you were making. He was like, from what you're saying here, that tells me you don't understand common law. Have a good day. And I was like, okay, all right there, mate. All right there. So then I explained to him about statute law, common law, the road traffic act, contract law, being a breach of contract. And he was like, ah, oh, but here's the thing. You can't, you don't, you shouldn't have to appeal. You can't enter a, they can't give you a penalty because that means you entered a contract and you can't enter a contract if you ain't done this and that. And I go, uh, no, you entered the contract by parking. You don't need to say you've entered a contract. Yeah, that is how contracts work. Okay, a contract, for example, when you buy something from a shop, you don't sign a contract before you purchase the item. You hand the item to them, the cashier, they scan it, 
and then you give them money, and guess what they do? They give you the item back. <laughs> and they say, this item is now yours, because you gave me money. Now, and guess what you get? You get a receipt as proof of purchase. That was the contract formed there and then. Guess what? If you didn't take a receipt, there's still a contract, because that's why they're not chasing you out of the shop and trying to batter you and calling the police. Because there was a clear contract that I gave you this money and you gave me the item and that was the transaction. Done. Okay, that's how contract law works. So if you park your car in my private land and I've said signs all over the place that says you can't just park here, mate. Guess what? You've entered the contract. That's how contracts work. And I've given you 14 days to decide whether you want to be in this contract or not. Because you didn't pay. So I'm not sure if you want to be in this contract or not. Because that was part of the contract. Because you kind of did one part of it by parking your car here. But you didn't do the other part of it. Which was paying me. So I've sent you this letter that says you've got 14 days to pay me. Because I also put that in the contract as well. If you don't pay me now, you can pay me later. But you're going to pay me more. And this guy's going, common law. He's, this guy's out here telling people don't pay. They've been parking tickets. I mean, just don't get a parking ticket in the first place. How about that? That's, that's how you do it. Anyway, I am ranting on about that because it's pissed me off this week. But what else has been going on this week? Diego Maradona, we've lost him. What a legend. Um, absolute legend. Not really much more to say about Diego. Oh, set with those funeral guys. You see the funeral directors took pictures. The, the ones who were maybe preparing the body for the funeral. They bloody took pictures with him. I mean, that is batshit crazy for many reasons. One, it's obviously a straight disrespect to be taking a picture of dead bodies. And that's disrespect from that level. Two, if you don't know Diego Maradona, he's not a footballing legend. Yeah? He's a national god in Argentina. In Argentina and every club he played at, Boca Juniors in Buenos Aires. Yeah? Barcelona. Napoli. All these clubs he's been at, he's become flipping iconic. And in Argentina, he flipping won the World Cup with them. Dragged them to a World Cup. Yeah? In 86. This guy is an absolute monster of a personality. Yeah, he is literally godlike levels in Argentina. We, we have nothing like that in the UK. Nothing like that in England. Um, like there's, I don't think there's anyone in Argentina that doesn't like Maradona. It's like there's no debate of, eh, well, maybe, no. So if you take a picture of him disrespect his body, that has put such a target on this guy's back. All three of these guys' backs are like, why would you even do it? Like, it's not even like, there's not one part of you that knew, thought that's gonna, this gonna work out well when I post this. Do what I think they probably said it to one of their friends. One of their friends went, "Fuck this guy. <laughs> I can't kill him because he's my best friend." But let me just set the dogs on him because it's crazy, Maradona. Nuts, not even like an English person would do that. Even after, like, the hand of God, you cheated us, hand of God. Like, can't stand Maradona, hand of God, he cheated us. I love that. Because what makes you laugh about it, if you actually watch that game, I've seen that game. Um, yes, Maradona did cheat. 
he's a bastard for cheating. But here's my thing. One, you shouldn't have been able to cheat because Maradona is about five foot five. Peter Shilton is about six, seven with his hands up, yeah? So no way should Maradona have even been able to punch the ball above his head. Like, I don't know how the ref didn't see it. Um, but I literally don't know how Peter Shilton got beaten. Because then times there, yeah, goalkeepers were protective. You haven't seen the video of Schumacher and... Oh, I can't remember what the French... Font, no, it's not Fontaine. If it's a French striker... And this German keeper breaks the guy's neck. No joke. Breaks his neck. He hits him so hard. He breaks the guy's neck and the guy doesn't play again. I think he walks again, but he doesn't play again. Doesn't get sent off. Doesn't even get a booking. So this is them times. And Peter Shilton comes out. It's like, oh. And just gets, <laughs> and just gets picked to the ball by this midget. Unbelievable. And then if you watch this, so that part one, that's what annoys me about England bitching about that is no, let's look at Shorten for being a pussy for not even like taking him out and getting the ball. Number two, if you watch the game, Maradona is getting kicked the shit out of in that game. Like as soon as he gets the ball, he's just getting punted and booted, which is cheating. That's not the rules. You're not maybe kicking people and punting them. Yeah. So guess what? You've cheated one way and your cheating didn't work. He cheated another way and his cheating worked. I'm not saying cheating's good in the game of sport, but if you're going to cheat, cheat to win. Don't just cheat and lose. You look ridiculous. You can't cheat, lose, and then bitch because the other team cheated and won. No, if you played with pure honour, then ah, oh, I get it. But that isn't what happened. Even when Maradona scored the second goal, the one where he runs through the whole team, and he gets smashed by uh, Terry Butcher at the end. <laughs> that shows that like, the level of tackling that was happening. The tackles before, I don't know what happened there. They all got very soft with those tackles. But all the tackles before then, they're wiping him out. But yeah, he's a legend, man. Absolute legend. Uh, RIP Diego Armando Maradona. Um, six years old, man. 60 years old. I mean, that's good for him because he lived his life, man. He lived his life. Um like just he's just not a nutter nut of a bloke but legend um I'm talking about other legends uh tyson and jones they had an exhibition fight um after dubois and joyce if you didn't watch that um i don't want to talk about dubois and joyce people don't know who these guys are um but they fought for the british european and commonwealth uh belt and you know dubois lost after getting his eye his eye was so swollen and joyce hit him in it again took a knee and said, nah, I'm done. I'm done with this black-on-black -black violence. Um, I'm taking a knee. <laughs> I'm taking a knee. This is brutality on black bodies. Don't like it. Taking a knee. And he took a knee. But um, And people call him a quitter. I'm like, he's 21, and he probably wants to see 22. Um, he doesn't want to be a guy with an eye patch. Go, yeah, man, I fought, fought 12 rounds in the bloody... You know what I mean? Fought 12, 12 rounds in, in, the, in the British Championship. And now I can't see out my left eye. Like, it's not worth it. Um, so, yeah. So, he'll come back another day. But then after that, because these guys are two prospects trying to step up to the world level of heavyweight boxing. But then after that was a legend, yeah? For the WBC Black Lives Matter belts. Now they both got a belt. What kind of participation award is this? I know it's an exhibition. I get that. I know you had, like, Snoop Dogg on commentary. I get that. 
I know it's a laugh, but this is Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson, bitches. And they fought for eight rounds, two minute, eight rounds. Two minutes per round. Uh, what a fight. Tyson, it was ended the draw. Oh, that's why they both got belts, ended the draw. Oh, that's why. Duh. But um, I, I'm i not even happy there was a second belt to give. <laughs> Should be none of you get the belt. But no, Tyson should have won that easily. Tyson, when I watched it, Tyson definitely won that. It was, it was brutal. Tyson's speed made me think, wow, if he got into the ring with Joyce or Dubois, that would have been different. But Tyson is scary, man, because like, the way he was talking after the fight, he was all peaceful and humble and stuff. Like, going, oh, would you like to get back in the ring and fight for like a real belt? And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, man. No, we're just out here, just, you know, we're just making peace and just trying to heal the world. That's what we're doing right now. It's like, you just spent, you just, you just spent 16 minutes battering a guy's ribcage in. And he's like, yeah, this is just peace and love. <laughs> and he was so positive. Like, Roy was talking himself down a bit, like, How, how's Tyson's, how's Tyson's punches there? And he's like, they hurt, man, they, they hurt, like, they hurt. Then Tyson's came grabbed like, but you took them, though. You took them. You took them. That, that, and I respect you because you took them. And he was just like, Roy Jones, like, okay, no, that's cool, but I can't breathe right now. <laughs> well, no, it was nuts. It was nuts, man. But um, no, it was cool. Well, what else got on this week as well? Got, um, got the whole music thing. Um, men in music. Is it black men in music? I don't know if it's a specific thing. Got Rodney P and his exes coming out saying that he was, you know, domestic violence and he said that he admitted that as well. Um got Duchavelli and his inbox being leaked, him talking to a fourteen year old girl. Um nothing explicitly sexual, but definitely grooming, definitely disgusting, definitely not with it. Um yeah, we spoke about this on the Green Room pod, um, which the episode that's just been released that you will see circulating now. It's not that episode, it's the episode after that. That episode's come out late. Um, and that's just nuts, man. It's just nuts. It's just, and it's, it's less, the, the energy, the energy's different to, you know, when we saw the guy in Mitchum, um, I get the energy's going to be different because the thing in Mitchum, we saw it, it's explicit. He actually, you know, he actually did something. So I guess the energy will be different in the sense of no one's trying to go to Duttavelli's house and batter him. But there's definitely a, a feeling of because he's a musician and he's the artist and it's that whole, can you separate the, the art from the artist? And yeah, you can. In my mind, you can separate the art from the artist. And you definitely have to do that. Because if you can't separate the art from the artist, that means that you won't be able to say this guy is an arsehole because you like their music. Like, that makes no sense. Like, there's such an emotional attachment with some people. Like Michael Jackson as well. He's one of those people that there's that emotional attach, attachment. People love Michael so much. He's so important to so many people's lives. That if you say, hey, I think Mike come out of touch those kids they're like fuck you man it's like okay let's just agree that mike did act inappropriately fuck you man he said no he he shared the bed with children that he's not related to fuck you man he was not your childhood man it's like no 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 not an excuse 
he's innocent. It's like, okay, if he's so innocent, take your kids around and drop them off at his house. And let them come back to you and say, oh, so how was your, how was your time? <laughs> Did you play with his kids? They're like, he doesn't have any kids. What? No, he doesn't have any kids. Uh, we just hung out, just me and some other kids in his bed. He's like, wait, what are you talking about? I thought, I thought Michael Jackson was, I thought his kids went to your school. That's why he was going to his house. Nope. Oh, well, it's okay. I mean, he's, he's Michael Jackson. He's, he seems like a nice guy. He's innocent, man. <laughs> that mean, like, even if he didn't touch the kids, sharing the beds with kids, no, don't do that. All right? But, yeah, this whole Dutch Valley thing is, like, obviously there's some artists who've come out against him. Ooh, they're cool. They've done something really smart, and they're, like, the... Look at them, they're so brave, taking a stand against the fucking grooming paedophile guy. Nah, they're not. Because they're the ones who already didn't like him. So it's quite easy to call the guy who you've been calling like a dickhead and this. Oh, he's a pedo as well. Let me just chuck that into the list of things I'm calling him. Cool. You guys, cool, I get it. That's easy for you to do that. What about the guys who actually work with the guy? It's them guys I'm looking at now. I'm seeing what, where's your, what's your movements? The guys who are on tracks with him. How many guys have given him a call and be like, look, Dutch, we're still cool, yeah? But that track we're meant to release next week, let's just put pause on that. I mean, how many guys are actually doing that? And the guys are going, hey, fuck you, man. That track's never coming out. Don't ever call me again. How many guys are doing that? Because from what I'm seeing, there's a lot of people just party with this guy and flipping Dubai. And it's just weird messages, weird messages coming out from that camp. And then it just got messy. They started... Dragging other artists into the mess. And it's just like, ah, oh, Jesus. It's just not the one. It's not the one. Um, so for me, um, I just think it's disgusting. Am I cancelling him? Um, no, that's the dumbest thing ever. I hate when people say, I'm cancelling you. You're cancelled. You're cancelled. I'm cancelling you. Cancelled. You don't have the power to cancel someone. You have the power to stop listening to them. But the idea that you have the power to cancel someone just shows me how little power you have that you've had to create a power that you have. Because that's not a real thing you've got. I'm cancelling you. Cancelled. I mean, you could decide you're not fucking with that product or person anymore. That's cool. But no one's cancelled. They're still going to do their thing. You can't stop them doing their thing. Right? It brings you into like the supermarkets. Yeah, you obviously saw a few weeks ago Sainsbury's upsetting people, putting black people in their adverts. Tesco upsetting people a few months before by having black people in advert, but upsetting the racists, obviously. Those are the people I'm talking about. But then Tesco upsetting some black people because, uh, I must say upsetted. I did say upset, didn't I? The t- <laughs> Tesco upset some black people because apparently they took black people out of the advert. Uh, so they were all upset. But guess what? Supermarkets have assembled. Avengers Assemble. Yeah, that's right. With Channel 4, the supermarkets, all the major supermarkets have agreed that they are going to put their adverts back to back to back, filled with black people. That's it. It's going to be black to back to back to back, black, black, back, back, black, black to back, black, black. Yep. Supermarkets unite for ad takeover to back Sainsbury's in stand against racism. Yep, here they are, the, the Supermarket Avengers, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, Tesco, 
Iceland, Asda, Aldi, M&S, Lidl and Co-op. Which means that Morrison is like, fuck those black people. <laughs> you know what I mean, imagine Morrison's like, hey, guys, you, you didn't drop us a call. You just ruined our name out here, out of these streets. Like, wait, we was down for this. It's like, nah, fuck Morrison's. You've got to boycott Morrison's now, people, because they didn't join to Supermarket Avengers. With their hashtag stand against racism. So yeah, so the two advert breaks and the British Bake Off um, on Channel 4. So I don't know if um, if now racists are... Oh, John Lewis as well. John Lewis, oh, because they're part of Waitrose. Um, and the Food Warehouse as well. Yeah, I'm not sure if... Um, if the racists are now going to boycott Channel 4, or if they're going to boycott the British Bake Off, or they're all just going to shop at Morrison's. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. Because um, they got really irate about it. It's just being shoved down our throats, just talking about race all the time, playing the race card. Do you want to make racism go away if you stop talking about racism? Oh, okay, cool. Fine. We'll, we'll, stop, we'll, stop, we'll stop talking about racism. All right, you you guys gonna stop doing racist things though? Nah. Oh, oh, okay, sure, sure. You just want us to shut up and take the racism. I see. So no, but good luck to the racists if they um if they can boycott the whole channel. Good luck. Um. So yeah, let's see how many um thumbs down. I mean, it's but it's like it's not amazing, though, is it? They're not like really stepping. Again, it's not like this amazing thing. Like, oh my god, is racism bad? Yeah, shall we say it's bad? Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's like, ooh, that's big risk. It's big risk we're taking there as a company. Whew, really put our necks on the line there by by saying racism's bad. Um, next next campaign, uh, we're gonna say that um, you shouldn't punch women. Yeah, let's have that men shouldn't punch women. That's our next campaign. We're going to get behind that. I think that's something we can do. Oh, we sure, we sure we want to do that? Because, you know, we do sell a lot of Stella in our pub, in our, you know, in our shops. We don't want the wife beaters to not turn up. And, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's not really a, you're not really taking a brave stance there, are you? I mean, in 2020 saying racism's bad. Whoa, my God, this guy's a revolutionary. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know, but it's nuts. It's so nuts. Um, yeah, it's just weird. It's the social dynamics are in. Because, uh, oh, you know, I was talking about Dutch Valley earlier. One thing I forgot to talk about, because, you know, I've seen some women talk about, you know, how you know, they're, they're sick and tired of, 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 you know, all these men coming out being, like, rapists and abusers and, you know, women beaters and all that. Let's, let's call them just abusers for now, just an umbrella. Thing. And um, they saying I'm sick and tired of men saying they don't know who these men are. Like they don't they don't know any men like this. And it's like that's it's not we're lying. We we don't. You'd be surprised. To, you might be surprised to know that uh, these abusers tend to know their arseholes. So if they do do it, they don't tend to brag to their friends that that's what they do. They don't say oh, I was out last week and yeah I was attacking women in the street. Like it's not really an icebreaker. It's not really 
how's your week been? Response to that question, is it? Um, and so we don't tend to hang out with people like that. So we don't know. I think women are more sensitive to domestic violence because they tend to have been victims of it and they tend to know other women who have been victims of it. And if you are a victim of it, you tend to confide in your close circle, who tend to be other women. And therefore, when you then hear an allegation in the future that someone's, you know, done some domestic violence or done something off key to a woman, your natural response is to believe the woman, believe the victim, because you feel it, you empathise, you've been there. It's like when black people know something racist has happened. There's no real proof, there's no evidence. It's just they've seen a video, they can feel the vibe, they've had it before, it's in their pit of their stomach. They don't actually know, but they feel it. So therefore, the burden of proof is pretty low. They're like, I've seen, I've seen this shit play out before, probably racism. Same with these women, go, I've seen this shit play out, domestic violence, yeah, I, be, I believe her. Whereas us guys, we don't get told these things or we tend to hear about domestic violence through say our partner who's a woman and it's her friend's partner you see what i mean it's not if we never hear it from our guy who's now you know attacked his wife or his girlfriend or his baby mother we don't hear we don't hear it like that we tend to hear it the other way around it's a uh, yeah it's your girlfriend or your wife's friend or cousin's partner you know something like that is you hear it that way you go yeah he oh you know he, he hit her once or he hit her twice or yeah he gets a bit physical and then you're kind of left as a guy like well what do i do in that situation that's too far removed from me if she's staying with him and that's your friend it's like what am i meant to do go to their house and be like oh that thing that your girl told my girl in confidence to not tell me about. Well, she told me. So now I'm in your house and I'm mashing up your relationship. Because you're going to go in there and they're not going to thank you. And stuff. But in saying this though, knowing that as men, I guess we do need to actually be... This is what we need to do though as men, is when women do say it, is to not just be like, instantly trying to defend the bloke like you can't just be defending but because you, you can't vouch for someone the best thing you can actually say even if you do really like the person even if it's your best mate and it's their wife or girlfriend saying this is what happened the the most you could actually vouch i suppose is um yeah and if you, there really isn't any evidence that they didn't do it if there's no evidence at all most you could do is like, I, I really like this person and I would like to think they are capable of that. <laughs> That's it, really. That's the most you can do. I mean, I think as well as guys, I guess our fear with these things as well is we don't really have a genuine, as in general as men, we don't have a gen, general fear of being victims of domestic violence. Our general fear as opposed to be being falsely accused of committing such an act because we know as well it's a disgusting act. Or any kind of abuse, it's been that false accusation. And when, as guys, guess what stories we tend to hear as guys? The false accusation stories. So that's when our natural reaction to these stories is, um, yeah, but how, when, why? We just want all the art, we're interrogating it, we're trying to break it down. And when you've already sided with the victim and you get questions going, when, why, who, what, where, it's annoying, it's jarring. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you asking all these questions? He's making her sound like a liar by asking all these questions. 
And as a guy, we're like, no, no, no. We're just trying to make sure she's not lying. I'm not saying she is lying. I'm just trying to make sure she's not. And when it's a sensitive topic, bam! And then when you're having a discussion on the internet, bam, bam, bam! All explodes in your face. So I don't know. We maybe just need more open conversations about it. That's what we need. A bit more compassion, a bit more understanding, a few more open conversations. You know, something like that. Simple. Um, right, what else is happening? Uh, nothing else. I think he's getting some dear Deirdre. So um, I can take this washing out the washing machine and um, and do that. How long have I been talking for? How long? How long? How long? How long? 44 minutes. So it's going to be an hour. It's going to be definitely going to be an hour. Um, fine by me. We need your consent. You know, I, I do. Someone read these things. You go onto a website and go, oh, do you want to accept all the cookies or none of the cookies, some of the cookies? I'm just like, I want to look at the website. Which one do I need to press to get this out of my face? Anyway, my son's girlfriend caught me kissing my husband's best friend. Oh, that's a mess. So many people involved. My son's girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, dear. That's a lot of pressure on her. So much pressure. Dear Deirdre, my son's girlfriend saw me kissing my husband's best friend. He's the man I now love. But should I throw away everything to be with him? Hey, I'm a woman of 45. My son's age... With two sons, age 21 and 18. My husband is 46. We were childhood sweethearts. But for the past five years, our marriage has been loveless. My husband's best friend has been there for me through the good times and bad. And he is godfather to my son's. Uh, we've been on holiday together with his family and we've always supported one another. He's been the go-to person in a crisis. I've noticed I felt on on a high when he was around, but I pushed those feelings aside. This year, the first lockdown made me realise just how unhappy I am in my marriage. There's no affection and definitely no sex. I made a pact with myself that 2021 would be me sorting out my life and moving on now the boys have grown up. My husband's best friend called to see him three months ago, but he'd taken our car for a service. He came in for a cup of tea and I started grumbling about my husband. He then admitted things weren't good between him and his wife. Dun, dun, dun. He'd all, um, he said he'd always fancied me. Jesus. I don't know how... It is one of these. Like, like I said, there's no right time to cheat. Um, but I just don't understand that some people just got the balls. In some of these scenarios, right? I understand, you know, it's, uh, it's someone you know. Like, as a guy, it's a woman on your side. Like, a woman from work. Uh, you know, that kind of shit. The, the cliches, woman from work, it's a female friend. Uh, you're on holiday with the lads. I understand it from that side. Okay? Because your, your wife or your family are not there. Your, friend, your girlfriend's not there. Yeah, this is your world. Yeah, I get that. But when you're going over the other side, you're going beyond someone. Yeah, so you're now, it's your, to this guy, this is his best mate's wife. Right? So the potential for this to explode in your face is huge. You know when the guys who sleep with like their wives' sisters, the wives' friends, all that shit. They have the balls to go, I think you're hot. I've always fancied you. Just like, Wow. Like it's only because this turned into sex. I guess it was some, I guess somewhat successful that approach, right? Imagine he doesn't know. You just approach your husband's, you approach your best mate's wife, and you go, "Well, I've always fancied you." You'd be like, "Jeff, 
He's like, oh, what? I'm sorry, I thought that's what was going on. You slagging, you slagging Steve off, and I thought that's what you was doing. She's like, no, no. This <laughs> is awkward. But hey, anyway, he said he's always fancied me. We end up kissing. But then my older son's girlfriend walked in through the back door and caught us. She's 20. Ah, so you like haven't been banging. You just kissed. That is, because me seeing you kiss, you in your big 40s, I'm seeing you kiss. I'm thinking, well, that means you guys fuck. I don't think, oh, there's your first kiss. No, I'm thinking, all right, I've caught you kissing. You was about to smash and you smashed before I came here. Mad. Um, she's 20. I asked her not to tell anyone and she agreed. But at my younger son's 18th birthday barbecue a week later, she told me she couldn't live with the secret. I begged her to keep quiet. My husband, who had been drinking, picked a fight with me and we had a huge row. I walked out and when I got back to the house, everyone started screaming at me about my so-called affair. Oh, uh, my son's girlfriend had told everyone. My husband's best friend has left his wife. I've moved in with my parents. They don't agree with what I'm doing and my sons disapprove. But I don't want to lose this man. <sighs> wow. Whole, whole marriage thrown away for a kiss. A kiss and the potential of a better relationship. Yeah, you can't even guarantee this guy's the guy. Just he might be better than your husband. So you're like, dash it all away. You know, dumb. Um, let's see. Oh, God, this is horrible. Forbidden love. I've fallen head over heels in love with my partner's daughter. Wrong. Incorrect. Stop it. Unless your, your, your partner better be like 10 years older than you and her daughter better be six years younger. And you better be like 35. So the daughter's 29. And your partner is uh, 45. Yeah, okay, that, that works. That's, that's what's allowed. Okay. Is that 16, 45 to 29? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Cool. Anyway, let's hear it. Um, did, did you fall in love with my partner's daughter? I haven't told her, but I have told my partner because we're always honest with one another. That's nice. She was upset at first, but she understands. Uh, and is even going to help me choose her Christmas present. What the hell is this? How old is your partner? Where she's just like, I'm going to die next year, so take care of my daughter. Yeah. My partner um, and I can't live together now because of her health problems. I knew she was dying. Problems um, <laughs> make her extremely vulnerable to coronavirus, and I am a key worker. Um no, she's not. She's not dying. Um, <laughs> I misread that. I thought she was in a care home. <laughs> ah, right. My partner and I can't live together now because of her health problems. Making her extremely vulnerable to coronavirus and I'm a key worker. She's 53, I'm 49 and her daughter is 35. No, wrong, incorrect. 
Um, we started talking regularly on the phone about her mother's health problems and we talked for hours. I'm head over heels in love with her. I would never get together with her while her mother is alive, but I wish I knew if she felt the same. What the hell? Bruv, you just spoke to another woman for an extended period of time. Like, you're not in love. Like, Jesus Christ, how old are you? 14. Just like, put your dick down. Okay? Get your head back in the game. Coronavirus on the end. And then you're going to talk to your bloody wife. Is it your wife? No, she's your partner. You mean just, like, behave yourself? Ah, oh, dear, right. One last one. Um... Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, I don't know, it's fun. Is it all just like boring the fairy ones kind of thing? Um, I don't know. These are all kind of shit. <laughs> um, right, we'll do this last one. I mean, it's not a, it's a bit boring. Again, dear Deirdre, I had an amazing sex with my estranged wife, but I don't want to hurt my girlfriend. So you're cheating on your girlfriend with your wife. This is new. Um, dear Deirdre, I met my ex to talk about our son and we ended up having sex. Okay. Well, how old's your son? What are you talking about? Hey, you seems we've been struggling at school lately. Yeah, he has. Nice. <laughs> um, my love for her is as great as it ever was, but I live with a girlfriend who would be broken if I left her. Okay. Three years ago, my wife and I split up after a few tough months of us arguing. Oh, geez, only a few months. How long were you together before? You can't just split up after a few months. I always intended to go on being part of my son's life. And I said some dreadful things to my wife and she stopped contact with me. Um, and I was too proud to say sorry to keep trying, though I did pay child maintenance. Um, I am 32, my wife is 30, our son is 4. Mate, get back together. It sounds, this is, sounds so dumb. Um, I met my girlfriend through, through work soon afterwards. We moved in together after a few months. Rebound! Um, we both work hard and have a good lifestyle, though a bit limited currently. Of course, uh, she is 27, gorgeous, sexy, and loves me to bits, so life has been fun. Oh, okay, I'll get it. I mean, it's a nice rebound. That's an issue. I've had that in the past. Nice rebounds. Really, really nice rebounds, where it's just like, man, if I didn't meet you so soon after my ex, uh, I'd really actually want to go out with you. And selfishly, part of me wants to keep on seeing you, but I know that... Mm, it, this is going to just end badly when I realise oh, I've jumped into a relationship too soon. Like, uh, nah. You know what I mean? I think some people are like naturally single, some people are naturally in relationships. Um, and I think I'm one of those people that is like naturally single. I think my wife's similar. Like naturally just single, like just like doing stuff on her own. You have to actually make a conscious effort to be considerate and think of another person in relationship terms. Her less so, because I think she's just by default a considerate person anyway. So even when she's single, she's just a considerate person. Whereas I'm not. <laughs> so I'm so used to just 
being able to do away with things, not being accountable, not answering to anyone. Yeah, when the relationship started, I was like, I'll just do what I want. Go where I want. Turn up when I want. And I might tell you what I'm doing. I might not. See, now, obviously, you know, I'm years into a relationship now. That's been a real learned behaviour. That I've had to learn to be like, right, I'm going to be at this place at this time. I mean, I'm going to be late to me. I need to tell her I'm going to be late. But actually, it's, it's really be cool to tell her that I'm, I'm leaving this place. I'm heading home now. So not to worry. I'm driving, because then she can know that if I'm not home in four hours, it may have been an accident, then she needs to check if I'm okay, that kind of shit, you know? So, um, so yeah. So those rebounds, man, I was saying, um, getting those rebounds. Yeah, that's what I feel like has happened with this guy here. Anyway, um... Last month, I had a text from my wife out of the blue because she felt our son should know his dad. Oh, what, he was out of his life, mad. We started chatting first by text, then on Facebook Live. Um, it made me so happy to have them in my life again and hear what they are up to. My ex suggested I should drive over to get to know my son again. It felt awkward at first, but she had got big toys out ready and I took over a big set of Lego, which broke the ice. I felt so at home and really happy to play with my son. We went out for a walk and got a pizza for tea. My ex and I shared a bottle of wine and started to get flirty. I could feel myself falling in love with her all over again. She suggested I go back home with them so we could talk about things after she had put us onto bed. Being able to give him a kiss goodnight, I was so moved that I almost, that I was almost in tears uh, when she came back downstairs. Um, she took one look at me and gave me a cuddle, which turned into a passionate kiss. All the old feelings came back and we had sex just like the old days. Now I feel so torn. I know I still love her, but I don't want to hurt my new partner and lose the life we have built together. What I'm gonna say is this. These feelings might just be feelings of comfort and home and all that good stuff. But my thing is this, right? If you are rebounding of someone and you actually still have feelings for that old person and you have the opportunity to get back with that old person, um, definitely do, especially if she's actually your wife. It's not like it's just an ex and it's actually long to get back with her. This is your wife. It'd actually be more convenient to be back with her. So I suggest get back with your ex-wife and apologise to um, this new lady. I mean, just, yeah, you can't have both. And if you try to hold on both, you will have neither. So, I say pick your ex-wife. If those feelings are real, so do that. All right, that's the end of the pod. It's been an hour. Um, go check out the Green Room pod. We've got visuals now. That's right. Visuals, 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 visual, visuals on the Green Room pod now. So that's cool. Um, first episode of visuals came out today it's a bit late uh, we recorded it last week we've actually recorded another pod in between then so that one will be coming out soon bit out of sequence and then we'll get back into a rhythm and we'll be out regularly weekly okay that's what we're going to be doing so um that is us that's the pod this is me griff's brain dump episode 200 thank you for listening okay and uh, enjoy your release to freedom. I'll speak to you next week on the other side. Or depending on what tier you're in. Like if you're listening from Kent or something like that and you're tier three, then I'm sorry. This ain't for you. But for everyone else who's tier two, tier one, we're going at, at. Yeah, we're going at, at, outside. Rule of six. Social distance. All of that good stuff. Support bubble. All right. Anyway, that's the end of the pod.
Peace.